0: Hello, Valley Lights. Welcome to our online worship service. Our church is just a few months old now, and to be honest, I still can't believe that God is using my family to help start something brand new like this, but God has continued to provide people and resources and opportunities, things that we've needed to get this church started and off the ground, and one exciting update of God's provision is we have a worship leader now, We've got a a young guy, his name is Bruno. He's a college student and he has committed to help us out over the next few months. Uh, He's gonna be graduating from college at the end of the spring semester and he's not sure where God is leading him after that, but we're very excited that he's, um, it's really, it's what we need right now as someone to help us move forward in the next few months. And so uh, if you come to the park, you'll see him in person and then next week on our online services, you'll get to see him there as well. And it's, uh, it's a great example of God providing. And God has been providing all along. Um, even where we meet in the park has been such a blessing. Uh, when we first started the church, I was anticipating... Or, or The plans originally were to rent some indoor space, but with our current situation, we're outdoors. But it's provided opportunities to meet people that we never would have based on people walking by or driving by. Um, or just being more comfortable in an outdoor setting. Also, another provision is the online studio that I've been using the past few weeks to record the sermons, which I'm particularly grateful for because today I, we had to change plans and I'm recording here in my house, and uh, you get to see me live in this setting. But uh, God just continues to provide all that we needed, and so we're you know we're a new church and we're excited as. Uh, People continue to join us. We'd love to have you join us in different ways. There's lots of ways to get involved. Um, On the connection card that our host mentioned, there's ways to let us know if you you want info about joining, uh, attending any events online or in person, and even volunteering in different ways so i'm excited to connect with you and if i've never met you or or got a chance to say hello via phone or email make sure you leave some contact info so i could follow up and just say thanks for joining us today last week we kicked off a new message series called relationships in tension Uh, you may have experienced tension and strain in some of your friendships maybe in a marriage or in family relationships and uh, tension is comment to all of us um, so there's so many problems we encounter as we as we relate to people if you want to check out that first message you can find that online or on our podcast you can listen to that but we looked at the historical account of the very first family and um, it, it looking at the story at the beginning of the Bible called Genesis uh, we get to this we get this understanding of the brokenness of our hearts and how we start with a default problem of our hearts being in a pretty sad condition. Actually, S-A-D. Uh, we talked about how there's, uh, our hearts are selfish, we have arrogance in them, and there's a desire to damage when we don't get what we want. And that just sets off all kinds of problems. Um, we really have this hardwired reluctance to follow God and His commands and His ways. And things really do go better when we put Him at the center, when we put God at the center of our lives. and um, As we interact with people, we keep referencing back to God. Things really go better. But so often we allow God to shift out of the center and we put ourselves there or we put someone else in the center or some other thing in the center. And when God gets bumped out and God no longer becomes the reference point, that's when the tension starts to build. And that's when relationships can even start crumbling and falling apart altogether. And so we're gonna go back to the story of the very first family again and pull out some additional insights because Adam and Eve each battled some strong emotions uh, that are some tensions that, that we, that, they're things that trip us up even today. And so we're going to back drop into that conversation between Eve and the snake. And if you wanna follow along, you can see the scripture there on your screen. Genesis chapter 3. It says, uh, the snake said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, no, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. And really, this is Satan. This is um, our enemy, who is embodied in a snake, and, he, and he's a liar. Satan is a deceiver, and he's using his go-to tool, his primary tool. He aims to get us to question what God has said, and then he twists it. He twists the things that God has said, and uh, he says, In fact, God knows that when you eat it, and your eyes will be open, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And so Satan is saying that, you know, essentially, you're, you're down here, and God is way up here. And wouldn't it be nice to be up at his level? And so the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at, and it was desirable for attaining wisdom. And she began to think, maybe God really is holding us back. And she was afraid that if she trusted God and really leaned into what he said, she would miss out on what she wanted. And this, this is a thought we experience, too. This is common. If I obey God, I might miss out on what I really want. This was the first instance of FOMO, the fear of missing out. Uh, the serpent tempted her with this idea that, you, you know, you don't need to listen to God. And uh, he capitalized on her fear. She didn't want to lack anything, and so she wanted to take control of her own destiny. Genesis 3:6 says... She took some of the fruit and she ate, and then she gave some to her husband who was there too. Fear is a powerful emotion. If we allow it to lead us and to drive us, it can generate so much pain. Fear, according to the dictionary, is it's got a few different aspects and angles. It, it can be an unpleasant, often very strong emotion that is caused by um, an awareness of some danger that we may face, and, and even recently, We've observed how fear has stirred up in a lot of people's lives, whether through friends or through the media. Another angle of fear is an anxious concern. Uh, A constant gnawing that we're we're stewing on something and we can't relax. And it's hard to focus really on anything else. Um, Fear is also something, it can be defined as a reason for alarm. Something could go wrong. Somebody could get hurt or something could break or someone could break in. Um, so, we, so we live on high alert. And whatever it is that you might have a tendency to fear, maybe something different than what I fear, but either way, fear will drive us to make some actions. And one of the actions that we may do is, is we might make hasty decisions. Eve trusted a talking snake. So think about the lapse of judgment there. <laughs> she believed the snake over God. The one who created everything out of nothing. He spoke our world into into existence. He gave meaning and worth to people and uh, even blessed them with a relationship with each other. Something really enjoyable so that they wouldn't be alone. And in in just a few moments, really being driven by fear, she chose poorly. And we're highlighting in this series how that cascades into tension in relationships. Some examples of fear that may lead us to a making hasty decisions could be quitting a job before getting all the facts. Maybe there's some opportunity to get a job somewhere else and to move, and uh, maybe we don't wanna miss an opportunity. Sometimes people take a job without really counting the long-term costs to, uh, or even a toll on them on their relationships. Um, Another hasty decision could be pulling back from a relationship based out of fear. And this could happen certainly in a dating relationship but it can happen in other kinds of relationships as well. Uh, maybe there's someone in your life that, that could offer some challenge and perspective. And we don't like being vulnerable. We don't like people knowing what's really inside or what's really going on with us. and um, maybe we know, we know we need other people for growth, but that's a, that can be a scary thing to do. Whenever we give in to fear, we stop trusting God and ultimately means we start trusting ourselves believing that we have a better way. Another way that fear can drive us into a dangerous place is when we it causes us to undermine legitimate authority. And the enemy in this story went around Adam who was you know in that in that situation the, the authority and uh, the snake headed straight for Eve and uh, as she was dialoguing with the snake, instead of checking in with Adam to find out what his thoughts were, get his input, she just starts imagining life as the serpent describes it. And she's imagining life without limits, a life where she can see it all, the the desire to have her eyes opened and and to be able to see into the future, perhaps. Um, She doesn't like not being able to see and not being able to control. And so she grabs for it. And this comes up sometimes when we think, man, I know better. I, I, I can figure this out on my own. We don't, we don't need anybody else's. We don't, we don't need God's help. And so, she makes the first move. She takes the bait. Uh, in Genesis 3, it says, She took some of the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, which, is some of the snake, did say what happened. But again, he twists the truth. And they knew they were naked. Immediately, they knew there, were, there was something wrong. Something bad had happened. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. One commentator on this part of the Bible, he describes the moment and he says, the results were anticlimactic. The promise of divine enlightenment was, it didn't come about. They both ate and saw, but they were spoiled by so doing. They were ill at ease with one another. And now there was mistrust and alienation and they just became uncomfortable in their own skin and up till this point they weren't lacking anything they were satisfied with their situation um, but these fears led to a discontent that led them to sin and, and to really forfeit and give up the good things that they had and they didn't realize it but it started a legacy of ongoing tension in relationships There's some fears that Eve wrestled with, and it may be easy for some women to relate to that maybe, but we're not gonna let Adam off the hook all that easily either. He plays a significant role in the mess. In fact, Adam was right there all along. He was standing next to Eve. He hears the whole exchange, but he fails to play his part. Uh, He was tempted to go passive and, and maybe even lazy when the serpent began to entice Eve. So he didn't step in. And what's interesting is the, the command that God gave them not to eat from the certain tree was given to Adam even before Eve was made. Uh, if, we, if we go back one chapter to Genesis chapter 2, it says, The Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on the day that you eat of it, you will certainly die. And at some point after that is when God created Eve and he took the rib out of Adam's side to make her. And so the direct command came to him as the man. And at a certain point, he must have, you know, Adam must have taken Eve on a tour of the garden and showed him the animals that he had named and pointed out the trees and pointed out this tree because she knew about it. She knew where the the boundaries were. It's interesting that God made Adam responsible to carry out the command. But as they were standing there in front of the tree, in front of the temptation, Adam failed to stand firm and declare what God had commanded. It was some form of passivity where it was maybe, uh, you know, you just feeling in, it was inactivity, or maybe it was a laziness, but passivity, it just it's a way of doing life where you just let life happen to you. and it just you just let it roll on. And this exposes a challenge, personally, I've faced many times. And I've dealt with my own concern. If I obey God, it's going to be hard work. It's going to be demanding of me. I'm going to have to do things that make me uncomfortable. It's much easier just to let things happen. Instead of actively doing good, standing for what's right, playing my role and following the plan, there's some, some ways that passivity causes problems in our relationships in one way it invites others to decide our fate for us if on the one hand fear drives you to control and take responsibility that's not yours passivity actually lets other people do what you should be doing and so adam fails to lead his family and this sets up this is actually what sets eve up for the deception and as men we've got to watch out for this feeling of tiredness, or laziness, extreme fatigue, or an endless amount of excuses. <laughs> I've worked hard, man, I, I deserve rest, or what's it matter if I do the right thing anyway? I'm already, I'm already in a mess and things are just going to happen the way they're going to happen. It is what it is. Those feelings may be a setup with costly consequence. Another problem from passivity is that it can build resentment in our relationships. And it can build on both sides. For Adam, he, he, maybe he found himself frustrated that he maybe he felt pressured into the decision of eating the fruit and he, he blamed her for making the mess. But Eve, maybe she felt resentful that, you know, I didn't want to take control. I didn't want to talk to the snake, but you weren't doing it. <laughs> you know, you should have been taking responsibility and you failed to do that. So then we did it my way. And there was a story from... When we first got married, my wife and I were figuring out our future plans and what our long-term career path was gonna be. And I was a little slow to get it figured out. I, Even after I got a bachelor's degree, I, I still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> and uh, Aaron and I both had some experience with overseas work. We'd gone to a few different countries for different real short-term trips. And Aaron had a job even that involved overseas work. And so she ended up finding a program that taught English as a second language in China. And it was uh, a a career path essentially, and one that had some merit to it. And as she researched it and and got some ideas, involvement, she talked to me about it. And I, I think I must not really have been engaging my mind or really pulling in because the plans got rolling and we ended up in a seminar that explained the whole pro the program and we got to a point where it was time to commit and sign on to continue in this program and when they came to me to for the signature i said i'm not signing that i don't want to move overseas what like no and it was i you know I, i pulled the reins back all of a sudden out of nowhere which really must have caused a lot of frustration and confusion for aaron and and then i felt resentful too because i'm like why why are we in this position and, you know, I'm feeling pressured into doing this thing that I don't want to do when all along the problem was me being passive and, and really lazy, not really engaging and thinking through whether or not this was going to be a good choice for us. And I was even on a bigger scale being passive about a career choice and being newly married. It's kind of an important thing to figure out, but it took me a while to to, to move in that direction, which just naturally left Aaron to be concerned about the stability of our future. We can get, I can get into passivity so easily. Adam remained passive and the enemy's temptation drew him in as well. Um, He didn't wanna take the first bite. You know, he he sure wasn't gonna lead the thing, but he let Eve, you know, he watched her and she didn't fall down dead. (laughs) She didn't choke or die. And imagine if she did, imagine if Eve did just get, you know, smited to the ground immediately. He, He would have realized that's not a good idea, but she seemed okay. And he walked into it knowing full well that God had said no to this thing. When it comes to doubting God, doubting his ways and his commands, there's all kinds of reasons that we do that and emotions that that pull us away from him. Um, There's lots lots of things to look out for, but these two issues of fear and passivity, they come up first in this initial scene. And so it's important to understand how they operate. We're gonna look for just a minute at a couple tension release steps. When, when fear or passivity is causing tension in our relationships and they, it can really feed off each other. One desiring for control, one not wanting control and uh, just the tension there. Here's some things we can do. First off, it, it helps to identify what's the strongest emotion that captures you? Is it fear or passivity? Or later we you know read in the story of Adam and Eve's son's um, anger and jealousy is a big one that really stews and stirs and causes a lot of problems there as well. What, what strong emotion pull you away from submitting to God? And what, what's, what's going on in your life when those emotions can happen? Is, it, uh, is there you know, some tiredness leading into that or maybe you're getting hungry or hangry or you're stressed at work that, that, that feeds into that? And then what comes next? It helps to identify what are the dominoes, where, um, where does the emotion come from and where does it lead me to? We often just go from tension point to tension point without ever really pausing to look for the patterns. And that's critical. And so a, a next step then would be to trace the, re- find a, a recent consequence. Uh, maybe a problem in a relationship or maybe a financial bind or some other uh, problem that erupts and trace back to the emotion that got you there in the first place. Um, very often we, we get into trouble and we're like, I don't I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I did that. Um, and I, I really don't like doing this. I, I don't like debriefing <laughs> the problem. Once, once I'm in attention, I want to get out of it as soon as possible. Um, but another practical step when you're feeling led around by your emotions is um, to rehearse God's acts of love and faithfulness. This really... Would have helped adam if he would have remembered you know looking back in genesis 2 it says the lord formed god or the lord god formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and the man became a living being and and to say man it's a, it's incredible that god made me that was such careful attention to detail um, also it says the lord god commanded the man you are free to eat from any tree in the garden um, except for that one, but there was tremendous openness and blessing. Uh, the Lord God made the rib that he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. God created an incredible relationship for them. Uh, he brought him someone to, to, so he wouldn't have to be lonely. And if Adam would have said, God cares for me and has provided for me, um, this would help you know to rehearse the truth in the moment of temptation or deception. allows us to stay on track. And so for me, I I love rehearsing the question, you know, how has God come through for me recently? And um, in fact, at a a recent group that we had uh, in the evening, we asked the question, what's something you're grateful to God for? Every, you know, every person shared, and we were just all encouraged by the end of it, seeing God's handiwork in the big and small details of life. Uh, Maybe over the past five years, what are some big ways that God has taken care of you? And as I look at God's faithfulness for me personally, for my family and and for this new church that that he's building. I have no reason to doubt that he will continue to be faithful and good and provide. He'll be true to his character. In family life, these emotions and tensions, maybe they target one person. Maybe one person is really susceptible to getting emotional, (laughs) Um, but usually it spills over and the emotional temperature kind of affects everyone else in the room or in the house. Um, Fear can create a heightened sense of angst and worry in a home. You can almost feel it in the air. It can become a part of the culture um, and and dominate if you let it. Personally, when I get overwhelmed and fearful that I'm not gonna get everything done or worried that um, I'm I'm just not getting enough done, I can become grumpy. And uh, sometimes I take care of the kids in the morning and get them ready for the day. And sometimes Aaron will say, I don't know if you know this but for the past half hour you've been really pushing the kids around like get your breakfast or you know sit down stop doing that and i don't even realize it there's just this emotional you know thing bubbling up that's causing uh, me to do that and it's really it's my hope that calm and joy would characterize the atmosphere of our home and for us as a family to say that god is good we know that he can be trusted uh, things may be really hard and stressful right now, but but he can be trusted. This is one of the ways that we hold up the shield of faith. Um, in other parts of the Bible, it talks about how, how faith is like a shield, and when we declare God's goodness, it protects us from a lot of the trouble that, that's thrown at us. One final step to help battle the emotions that you feel is to do what's right, regardless of how you feel, and do it quickly. Don't delay. Um, Adam, he didn't bring out the truth immediately. He delayed, and, and there was this lingering temptation that caught them both. Um, and then later, we read about Cain, his son, um, who also just delayed in doing the right thing. He stewed his his son Cain stewed in his anger and frustration and uh, towards his brother until he eventually murdered him. And uh, he failed to act quickly on what God said. And God saw it coming. God even pointed it out. He could see the look on Cain's face and could see this doing happening, and God warned him. He said, if you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Our emotions are strong, and they're real. God God created us as people with emotions, and there's a lot of good that comes from it, too. But before we get overtaken by the negative emotions, we got to get a mental grip and direct our minds to respond rightly to what we're feeling in the moment. God's Word shows us a pattern to avoid and also examples to follow. So I hope that God has given you some clarity on how to move forward and maybe even handle some of the tensions that you're facing. Um, Next week, we're going to look again at... Um, some of the tensions that come up in this early story, and, and in particular when conflict erupts. So sometimes tension just totally leads to an all-out uh, argument, conflict, in it, and sometimes it gets ugly. What do you do when you're in that point? How do, you, how do you handle that? How do you move forward? So I hope you come back and watch with us another week and invite someone with you, and let's take a moment to close in prayer. Father God, we thank you that you provide a way forward uh, that The emotions you give us are um, things to to, to be enjoyed, but we've also got to put them in their proper place. And really, when we submit to you and to your ways, we put you in the center of life. um, That's when we're able to navigate the tensions successfully. And so I pray that you give us the courage and strength to do that and to begin identifying um, the patterns that we just so routinely fall in. Thank you for your love and your kindness to us. You have been so good and faithful, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray.